UFOs, Bigfoot, paranormal input. Go ahead now, get mystical. Mystery and magical. UFOs, not typical. Bigfoot, not typical. You ask me why I'm skeptical. I say questions are questionable. Is the truth alien to you? Alien to get my message through. Aliens might message you. Aliens are sliding through. The wild signal we're plotting to. Algorithms they find is true. Typical. Skeptic. Shut Got no time for no petty turns, pandemic, a pandemic turn, horror still in Amityville, Bayonet in Gettysburg, Mothman, TNT, Factory, Red Eyes, Loki, Dogman, Howling in the Street, I'm typically skeptic of what I see, Voodoo Hoodoo in New Orleans, Thunderbird, Swamp Thing, is it real, I was wondering, typical, skeptic, show, typical, skeptic, show. Hey guys, welcome back to the Typical Skeptic Podcast. I have another fascinating guest for me today. Um, I have with me retired UK lawyer, Louise Hamlin. Um, she is the author of the book, WhatsApps from Heaven. Um, and she received several communications from her late husband, Patrick. The most surprising of these were a series of messages on WhatsApp. Her website is uh, https uh, louisehamlin.co.uk. And she's going to share her amazing story in her new book, What's Absent from Heaven, Bereavement in the 21st Century. And I want to thank her for joining me. Uh, Louise, thank you for coming on my show. How are you? Oh, I'm very well. And Robert, thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted to be here and to talk about what's happened to me, to you. Yeah, and I was just explaining to you before we started that we we went through a passing here. My mother's companion passed. So I'm trying to get her to a point where she can maybe connect to the other side. And I mentioned the author, Mark Anthony, his book, the, the Afterlife Frequency, where he says that we need to be on the same frequency as the, our loved ones who've passed because it seems like it's like a radio switch. Like they're on one, they're on AM and we're on FM and we have to find a way to connect to their frequency. Would you agree with that or say that's somewhat similar? Well, I mean, I don't know insofar as I don't understand any of it. All I know is what has happened to me. And my husband died. I was immersed in grief. And friends started to get signs from him. And, you know, they started to contact me. And later on, if you like, I can tell you the signs they got. Um, And I wasn't getting anything. And I started to meditate. And I did read that if you meditated, then that raised your frequency and made you more open to getting signs. Um, And again, I didn't understand that, but I found meditation really helped calm the churning inside me. So I started doing quite a lot of meditating and I started getting signs. So, you know, maybe that's it. Who knows? I agree. But let's start from the beginning. Why don't you tell the people about your husband and where the situation all started, like what he was diagnosed with and all that stuff, like if you don't mind. Okay. No, no, not at all. So um, my husband was a barrister and a judge. He was a lawyer. Um, And as I used to be as well, um, he was a very fit, healthy man. He was 71 but you wouldn't have thought so, you know, he seemed to have the constitution of a man who was much, much younger. We had a wonderful holiday in Zambia on safari and it was brilliant. We got back home. Um, 
he started to have one or two funny puzzling symptoms, went to the doctors. He was diagnosed with stage four bile duct cancer and he was dead within three months. Oh my and God. it was devastating. They totally. say that, that bile duct cancer is the, one of the hardest to cure. They say it's like, it's a very hard, because that's, you know, it's so weird. I obviously think people meet for a reason. You should talk to my mother. Like, that's exactly what her companion got as well. He had bile duct cancer as well. And they went in to operate on his, and they, they were going to remove it, you know? And when they went yeah. in to remove it, it was like tangled around something, or it was on something where if they would have tried to remove it, it would have killed him. So he woke up from his surgery thinking that everything was going to be okay. He thought that the, the, because the doctor assured him that they could remove it. You know, they said, oh, this won't be a problem. You know, if you decided it was something called a Whipple procedure. I don't know if you, you're real familiar with these things, but that's what's something that they had to do, you know, and uh, they, they, they assured my mother and they assured him that everything was going to be okay. And it was not okay at all. And, and he passed pretty quick, like say around exactly the same time, like three months. Like, so, you know, as that's happened back in February. So my mother's dealing with the grieving process now, but it's so weird. The coincidences, I, I think it's just cancer and it, it hits all of us. I mean, you can be fit, you can be uh, in very good shape. Like, you know, I, I could get it tomorrow. It just happens. It's, we catch it, right? Oh, I mean, Patrick, my husband, it, he'd had a sort of medical in the summer and his constitution was that of a man 15 years younger than him, they said. Um, I don't know where this cancer came from. The specialist here said that bile duct cancer used to be very rare, but it's becoming more common now and they don't know why. And the problem with it is it doesn't start to produce symptoms until it's stage four and then it's too late. Oh, wow. I, I, I wish I could help. You know, I, I always talk to people like my subscribers and I say like, you know, I wish I could help find a way to cure people from this because there's a lot of people that are going through the same thing that you went through that my mom went through. And I just wish I could provide people with answers because like, it seems like cancer is such a, uh, it's such a, a detriment to our society. You know, some of the best people in the world get it. And, and, and I, I don't know how to fight it, but um, so let me ask you this from the time, the, uh, the from the time of the diagnosis of his passing, what was that like for you and your husband? Well, it was a roller coaster, an absolute roller coaster, because we were hoping that he could have chemo and maybe that would help. And then they were saying that they could use some clever procedure with sound waves and maybe that would help and so we would get really sort of hopeful and optimistic and um and then nothing worked and then our hopes were dashed so it it was a very very difficult time and my husband was really brave throughout um he was remarkable and he said well you know my children have grown up so they're okay and he said I'm not scared of death because either it's nothing at all and that's nothing to be scared of or if there is an afterlife and he didn't really think there was but if there is an afterlife he said um 
I think I've led a good enough life for it to be okay. Which was right. He'd be, he was a very good man, not in a pious sense or, you know, a rather annoying sense, if you like. But fundamentally, he was very good. He was decent. He was honest. He was truthful. He was honorable. And, and um, what did you think about the afterlife? Did you got, were you guys more, I mean, were you, uh, did you ever have any, did you ever, were you like spiritual, spirituality wise? Did you think that there was like a, like some kind of creator being or a supreme or, or what the Native Americans call the great spirit? Or, or did you just kind of think that maybe this was our life and that was it? I, I didn't really believe in an afterlife, Robert. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't an atheist. So, I didn't completely discount it, but I thought it was unlikely. And I wanted to believe in one, but, you know, I thought it was improbable. I was a lawyer, for goodness sake. I was a land lawyer and a revenue uh, tax lawyer. So I was used to dealing with hard facts, as was my husband. And, you know, the idea of, lives or spirits continuing after death seemed very far removed from the way we had been taught to think in our careers. Yeah, what about the the idea of a soul and near-death experiences and all that stuff, like reincarnation, past lives? Did you ever look into any of that? Well, I, I had in the past been quite interested and I had read some books um, in the past. To be frank, I looked into it when I had been unhappy in my life. And then I had met my husband. He was my second husband. And we got together. And I was incredibly happy with him. And, that, do you know, I stopped thinking about whether or not there was an afterlife. I stopped worrying about it because I was so enjoying the here and now. Yeah, and, and I think that can happen. But well, let me ask you this, after your husband passed, like how did your, your, your view of the afterlife change? Because I know you sought out a couple mediums and it seems like from the research I did, they were able to hit on a couple, they were able to hit on a couple things, right? Yes, so he died and I was devastated. And I didn't really believe that his soul would have survived, but I hoped that it would have done. And so I did go to mediums. I was desperate for some contact with him. And you know, I wanted to know whether or not he was okay. I was really worried about that. So I went to a medium and frankly, she was hopeless. And she said things that didn't resonate with me at all. And I kept on saying, well, no, no. And then she got rather cross with me because I kept on saying, no, no, <laughs> that's not right. So, you know, so, so that ended, you know, with me sort of thinking, well, I've wasted some money there, haven't I? But, and this is the good thing, and I'd like your listeners to know this, I didn't give up on mediums. And I then contacted another medium. And the second one that I contacted was brilliant. Um, and I'm sure that 
she was in touch with Patrick and was passing things on. So if you go to a medium and it just doesn't work for you, it, don't give up. Try another one. And, and do you think they have a connection to the other side or, I mean, because here's what I was thinking too. I, I interview a lot of psychics on my show. I was thinking they have to have a connection to the other side or they're able to tap into our minds, but it seems like they can pick out things that we're not even thinking about at the time. Right. Well, I'll tell you something very interesting. So I phoned up, I went onto the internet and I found a medium who was about, one and a half hours drive away. And I phoned her up and I said, hello, my name's Louise. My husband died in February and I'd really like to come and see you because I'd like to see if I can connect to him. And that was all she knew about me. Didn't know a surname, didn't know my husband's name, didn't know where I was phoning from, nothing. So she said, hmm, okay. Well, February, that's just a couple of months ago, so it might be a bit too soon for him to come through. And she said, oh, he died in the middle of February, didn't he? And I said, yes. And she said, oh, he died on the 16th of February, didn't he? And what's interesting about that is, I said, no, he died on the 18th of February, he lost consciousness on the 16th, but then he was in a coma for 48 hours. So his date of death was the 18th. And she said, no, he's telling me he died on the 16th. That's what I'm going to write down. And I thought, well, actually, that's extraordinary. I mean, that couldn't be telepathy, even though telepathy is weird as well, because in my mind, he died on the 18th, but I can quite see why he thought he had died on the 16th because he couldn't communicate with me from the 16th on. Yes. He was in a, he was in a coma. Lost consciousness, so she kind of hit, hit that nail on the head. Yeah, and so I think that shows that she was actually in touch with him and she wasn't somehow reading my mind. That's so interesting. What else did she say about him that, that, was, that were like they're dead ringers? To well, OK, there are several dead ringers. I mean, firstly, she described him and she described him on the phone really well. And then um, I went to see her the next week. So I actually you know, was face to face with her. And um, she said again. She described his character and his physical appearance spot on. And, and then for them to know all this, it's, it's so amazing, right? It seems like, how could they know? You know, it's, it's, I know, I know. And again, she still didn't know my surname. Um, by this time, when I saw her, you know, I told her he was called Patrick, but that was all she knew. Um, and then she said, oh, why is he giving me a cornflower? She didn't say, why is he giving me flowers? She said, why is he giving me a cornflower? And, of course, she wouldn't have known this, but actually, Patrick had worn a cornflower in his buttonhole when we got married, and the cornflower had been our wedding flower. 
So oh, that's that 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 that's a that's of high significance. Yeah, it was it was very highly significant to me, and it wouldn't have been to anybody else. But to me, it represented our marriage and you know our love. And then she said, he's pointing at his shoes, feet, and he's wearing slippers, and he's laughing. Why is he laughing? Um. And why is he wearing slippers? And I said, oh, well, I can totally understand that as well. Because the funeral director asked me to send over some clothes to put on the body in the coffin. And I thought about it. And I thought, well, actually, he was happiest of all when he was outside doing country things. So I sent his country clothes. Um, but then I looked at his boots that he would have worn when he was outside. And I thought, oh, they're going to be very heavy for him in the coffin. So I sent his country clothes and his slippers, which was an odd combination. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I can quite understand why he was laughing about that. So, yeah, I this... This, this is amazing stuff that she knew this, you know, this is, I know. and then at that point, were you convinced or were you still skeptical? Oh, I was still skeptical. I was very skeptical, Robert, very skeptical. Um, I, I sort of, I think it's, it's called cognitive dissonance when you have two ideas in your mind at the same time and they don't, even if they don't really relate to each other. So I did did believe that somehow she had been in touch with Patrick because of the things she'd said. But on the other hand, I also didn't really believe that our spirits survive. It just seemed too extraordinary for me to get my mind around. So, yeah, so that didn't convince me. So when did all the weird stuff, or not weird, but the, the, I guess we would say the miracle kind of stuff start happening with the WhatsApps and like, how did that all start to transpire? Yeah, well, I better explain to you, um, well, to your listeners, because uh, WhatsApp is used sort of all over in the UK, but apparently it's not quite so common in America. Well, I use it to talk to a lot of, um, I use it to talk to a lot of people I've met through my podcast that, that are living uh, everywhere it's it's not just uk but that people use it in iceland norway australia i mean it's it seems like it's a it's a pretty big app like everywhere it's uh it's uh i mean like we start starting to be like you said it's not that big here but i use it to communicate with um people from all over the world you know it's, it's yeah. becoming a really good tool for everybody to use all over the world you know it seems like yes, yes. and i use it to talk to people in australia and new zealand and stuff but anyway it, if you don't know what it is it's a sort of it's a texting app and you can have groups you can create what's what's called a whatsapp group and the people in the group will then can all post to each other on this app so it's a sort of texting app which you use on your phone on your cell phone um and well i started sort of having lights going on and off 
but you know it's very easy to think oh there must have just been a bit of a hiccup in the electricity supply or something and I started seeing feathers and again you think oh well you know that just must have been somewhere in the wind and I did actually ask to see a feather on the train somebody suggested to me that I could do that and I was going to get the train the next day so I asked Patrick if he could give me a feather on the train and the next day I got the train I got into the carriage and it was quite crowded but I could just see uh, a pair of empty seats at the other end so I walked up to this um, a pair of seats and I sat down and I glanced at the seat next to me and there was a feather. And and what does the feather have in significance with your husband? Like, was that like something that you guys shared or uh, like a, a memory of him? No, but I'd been reading books at this time and it had been saying how very often um, people who have passed do leave feathers and, and try and communicate with feathers. Oh, and I, oh, I didn't know that. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, there are quite a lot of stories out there of people finding feathers in impossible places and stuff like that. And I guess that they're sort of light and maybe they're easy to manipulate. Don't know. Um, but then the, the WhatsApps started, uh, these texts, if you like. And I'd been out of the house the house had been locked up and empty, came back in, and my phone had been in the kitchen while I'd been out. I looked at my phone, and there was a whole lot of stuff in the message box ready to send to Maria. And Maria was actually a third medium that I'd been in touch with. Um, And anyway, this... This message, which was as if I had typed it, but I hadn't, it went on for ages and ages, and it was lots and lots and lots of words. Um, A lot of the words were proper words, and other words were sort of gibberish, and the whole thing didn't make sense at all. And I couldn't work out how it got there. I nearly deleted it, and then I thought, well, this is really odd. I think I'll send it to Maria, say what happened, and ask her what she thinks. So I did that. Um, And Maria sort of said, no idea, no idea what this is, but, you know, um, there we go. Anyway, the next day, I had a WhatsApp from Maria. And this said, Louise, guess what I found on my phone? I found a whole lot of stuff ready to send to you. And it wasn't as long. And three times in the words, it said, darling, it's me. Well, I was absolutely thrilled 
And that there were some words that didn't make sense. And it also said Valentine's Day 2019, which had been just before he died. And, you know, we professed our love to each other as you do on Valentine's Day. Um, and so I was really, really thrilled. But of course, there was a tiny little bit of me that thought maybe Maria is making this up. Maybe she just typed it and pretended. And I didn't think she would have done because I'd met her and she seemed a lovely, down-to-earth, very normal woman who just had this extraordinary gift. But, you know, and anyway, it carried on with these WhatsApps, these texts coming and they said things that Maria couldn't have known, but she just kept on finding this stuff on her phone. And then in that August, beginning of August, I was out walking the dog. And I got back and pulled the phone out of my pocket because it had been in my jacket pocket. And the phone told me that I had created two... WhatsApp groups, you know, two group chats, if you like. One called Hamlin's, one called Hamlin Family, one consisting of Patrick and me, one consisting of Patrick, his daughter and me. And I looked at my phone and I knew that I had not done it. And it said I'd created these two groups at six minutes past 11 in the morning. And I knew that at six minutes past 11, I had been walking on the common with my dog and the phone in my pocket. And I knew that it couldn't have been, you know, created by jiggling or anything like that. And I stared and stared at it. And I thought, oh, my goodness me, this must be Patrick. His spirit really, really has survived. And that was my light bulb moment. And then I was convinced, absolutely convinced. <laughs> Our spirits survive. Yeah. And I mean, like, I think there's a lot of other stuff that proves that too. Like the, you know, there's near death experiences and, and mediums trip, like you said, that people are constantly being able to talk to spirits from the other side. And I think, um, I think it's amazing. I think it really is. Like it gives me hope. I'll tell you that it gives me hope because I'm, I'm skeptical myself. And one of the reasons why I started my show is because I wanted to find out, you know, or see if I can find out, what happens to us when we pass? Like if I could run into someone who, you know, has the answers and, and, and that's kind of what I've been searching for. It, it seems like it's like the lifelong quest for, for us. Right. Cause like the, it's so hard for us to find like proof. It seems like there's this barrier between us and them that it's, it seems like if, if there's rules and what we call heaven or the afterlife, it seems like they're not supposed to tell us what the afterlife's like. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, I have tried to ask Patrick what it's like in the afterlife. And, um, and again, this is from a medium who says, well, he says that 
he has everything that I have here. So there are homes and libraries and greenery. Um, and he says, but, you know, I'm energy, I'm pure energy. And I can be both with you and in the afterlife at the same time. Um, I, I guess it's a bit like a fish in the sea. That You know, we're like fish in the sea, aren't we? We can't really imagine what it's like to be a mammal on the land. But... Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's so, it's so, it's so, it's, wow. It's, this, is, this is an amazing story. And then and have you had any other signs after this? Like, have you, has the, con, has the convert, has it, has it continued? Uh, or have you continued with the medium as well? Oh, I've had lots of signs. Um, I mean, if you like, I can tell you about some more. And I write about all the signs, well, most of the signs that I had in my book. And after I'd written my book, I then had um, another WhatsApp from him, another text from him. And it said, I can hear you, darling, please hear me, which I just thought was eh, very moving. I've had. You know what? I've, I've, heard, had... I've heard a lot of people. So I'm sorry, I mean to interrupt you. I've heard a lot of people no. say our loved ones can hear us from the other side. You just have to talk to them. And the, and the, and they said if you get a response in your head, they said don't question it. That's them trying to talk telepathically. I guess. Like, have you heard this as well? Yes, I have, and I think that they must be able to um, <coughs> communicate telepathically. And I'll tell you why. I also went for healing after Patrick had died. I was in a terrible state. And I went to a healer. And I went for healing, not for mediumship. But the healer was a bit psychic. And the healer said, oh, you know, Patrick's here. And oh, he's rather pleased. He's telling you that he's hanging out with Picasso. And I thought, <laughs> and I thought, well, yeah, 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 that's really random. And, you know, I've, I've come to you for healing. I, I don't need to believe any of that. Um, and then a couple of months later, I went to somebody else for some healing. And they also were a bit psychic. And they said, halfway through the healing, oh, you know, Patrick's here. Um, and in fact, he was turning light, lights on and off. And then they said, um, did he like art? And I said, well, yes, he did, actually. He, he was very fond of art. In fact, he used to deal in art as a bit of a hobby. And this healer said, oh, that's interesting, because he's telling me that he's hanging out with Picasso. <laughs> what? This is really weird. So two completely different people have told me that he's hanging out with Picasso. And, I thought, and then I thought about it. I thought, well, Picasso couldn't speak English. You know, Patrick couldn't speak his languages. So they must somehow be communicating telepathically for them to be hanging out together. Maybe so there's anyway, a language barrier on the other side, right? I don't, yeah, I think that must be right. 
This is so fascinating. This is, this is, wow, this is amazing. Well, um, I don't have any other questions. I'm just trying to think of, um, can you tell everybody where to find the book and where to find your website? And thank, thank you, by the way, this was amazing. Like this, this gives me hope that there's an afterlife. Good, Robert. I'm pleased that it does. And the reason I wrote my book was I felt impelled to write it, actually. And I wrote it because I felt Patrick had worked so hard to convince me that there was an afterlife. And he must have got very frustrated when I kept on thinking, oh, it's a coincidence. Oh, you know, and. Eventually, eventually, he managed to sort of make me realize that there is one. And I thought I wanted to, I owed it to him to let people know. And also, what I found was talking to people who've been bereaved, if you say to them, yeah, if you say to them, oh, by the way, you know, have you received any signs? And I would say it very casually, very carefully. And most people would then reply, yes, but I haven't told anybody about it. I didn't want to appear crazy. And I want to bring this out into the open. So people are getting signs. Yes. And a lot of people said, yes, I think I got this sign. This this really strange thing happened to me and blah, blah, but I've never told anybody about it because it you know, I don't want people to think I'm mad. Can I ask so, you, did you ever have any dreams of Patrick, like, um, after he passed? Because I heard that that's another way they can try to communicate with us is through dreams. I had a couple, yes. And one left me feeling really sad because I could see him, but I couldn't get to him. And the other one, I woke up and we had got together And I woke up and I was so happy and we'd been together sitting by a stream and I was absolutely on cloud nine. It was a very vivid dream. And then I realized that he died. And I must say that, you know, that that was very sad. But I think he was probably saying, hey, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah, I I was, because I think like, a lot of like rational people have to start thinking more spiritually and look for these signs, right? I think that's absolutely right. Yes. Yeah. And so if you're interested, um, well, my website is www.louisehamlin.com. And Hamlin is H-A-M-L. I N so louisehamlin.com and my book is called WhatsApps from Heaven because that's what I think they were. That's WhatsApps. Good. WhatsApps from Heaven. And you can get it on Amazon or Barnes and Noble or your your bookshop anywhere. Wow. Well this was this was so nice to do. This was uh this was really uh, refreshing and I, I appreciate you doing this and thank you. Thank you very much, Robert. I really enjoyed talking to you. All right. Have a good day. And you. Bye.